At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So welcome everybody. So really excited that you're all here tonight. We have a really big show. We're going to talk about some really big plans for the homestead. We're going to tell you what animals we're thinking about bringing on in this new season. There's going to be some new animals for sure. We're going to talk about infrastructure projects and what you might see us doing. Well, we've actually finished up the big barn project. Uh, you're seeing the last few videos released, but that's not the only big project you'll be seeing this year on the channel. You're going to see a couple more really big projects we have planned. I'm going to tell you the future of the show. We're going to talk about what you can expect from Homesteady this upcoming season. Uh, that and a whole lot more. Big plans for the new year. Maybe you're a lot like me where... Um, you know, springtime comes every year and I'm antsy to get going, right? So I, I spring's here and it's like, I want to have all the animals. Let's do all the permaculture. Let's swale everything. Although not anymore because we learned from Greg Judy not to build swales in last week's live show. So check that out. Um, summer comes and I'm in the middle of it and it's a whole lot of work and you're out there sweating and you're swatting flies and you're saying, oh man, all the animals is a lot of work. Fall comes and get rid of all the animals. I don't want any more animals. And then we get to winter. And it happens just about every January 3rd. I'm sitting there kind of looking a little bit depressed. Just kind of twiddling my thumbs like, what am I going to do? And Kay's like, oh no. I know it's wrong. I'm like, what? Moping around the house. She's like, this happened just yesterday. She's like, I know it. I know it's wrong. It's January. January, I'm so bored and I'm just thinking about, oh man, I can't wait till spring gets here. I want to get all the animals, all the permaculture. I want to put a, well, not a swell. I want to put a pond everywhere. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How you can turn all these big ideas and all these dreams and things that you really want to do into something that at the end of the year you've actually done and you can look back and you can say, wow, I totally improved my paddocks. I totally improved my infrastructure. And uh, this farm is so much better. I, I got new animals. I got farm fresh eggs. I was asking you on Instagram today, in case you're not following us on Instagram, at Homesteady Show, you're watching this live stream, open up Instagram, Follow at home study show. We are doing stories every single day. My kids just got here to the studio. I can hear them out there. They are. They're my kids. They're nice and loud. Um, so to follow at home study show, you're going to see we're doing stories every day and we're doing a lot more posts. And I was asking people in today's post on Instagram what your big dreams and hopes were for this upcoming season. And I just wanted to take a quick second here, if I can find the comments, there they are, and read some of the things people were saying. All right, let me see here. Let's see if my internet wants to work. Oh, I gotta turn on my Wi-Fi, there it is. So some of the things that people mentioned, getting chickens, finally getting chickens was a big one. Uh, actually having the chickens that they've wanted for for so long actually have a homestead that was one of the things mentioned on Instagram um, what else raised bed gardens making cheese because the goats were making a bunch of uh, milk and they wanted to make some cheese out of that starting a homestead business more making of cheese cheese was really popular 
and uh, a few other big goals. So let's talk about how to turn all those hopes, all those dreams, all the things that you want to do into something that you've actually done. And the system that I uh, kind of, me and Kay roughly go through this every winter. Uh, I'm going to call it my, my maple syrup system uh, for turning homestead dreams into a reality. So have you ever made maple syrup? What's involved in doing maple syrup? Well, we used to do this back in Connecticut. We are not ready to do it this year because we have not picked out our, our trees yet. Uh, but hopefully we'll be able to do this next year. We'll find the right trees. Basically, with maple syrup, it's pretty simple. You go out there and you tap the tree. And uh, our special guest just arrived. You're not going to see him yet. Um, but they're there. So... Can't tell if they're, they're coming. Okay, right there it's safe. Our special secret guest. All right, so uh, you tap the tree. Out comes the sap pouring out. Then you pour that sap into a bucket or maybe some pipes into a bigger bucket. And you take that and you freeze it. Sometimes if it's cold enough, you just leave it outside. It will freeze itself. You go the next day, you pull the ice out of that sap. You chuck it. You identify what you don't really want and what you do. And then finally, you take that whatever's left and you boil that. You apply heat and pressure and and that comes from, it starts as a nice big pot and it, it goes down to a uh, just a little bit. So you start with like 40 gallons of sap and you get a little bit at the end. That's kind of the setup, that's kind of the process that we do when we are doing our brainstorming for the year. We're thinking about what we want to do and uh, turning it into reality. So that first step, tapping that tree and uh, letting that sap come pouring out, that is the brainstorm part of this. And I'm big on brainstorming, I love brainstorming. One of the big rules of brainstorming is no negatives. So if it's you and your husband or your wife or your partner, your friend, whoever it is that you're doing this with, if it's just you by yourself, sit down with a notebook and just start writing ideas down. And this is big dreams. This is like, man, I want to have all my own meat and I want to have all my own eggs and I want to have a huge three-acre garden. Just any idea, anything that you're excited about, write it down. Get those things down on paper or in a note on your phone. Just capture, like when you tap that tree and that sap comes pouring out, if you tap that tree and you just let it fall on the ground, it's not going to do you any good. So catch all those ideas no negatives. Don't start picking out stuff and saying, I can't do this and I can't do that. Because the minute you start saying, I can't and I shouldn't and I won't, that creative energy that is thinking of new ideas, it stops flowing. It's almost like you're pulling that tap out of the tree and saying, nah, I don't really want all that. So just get all the good ideas out, down on paper, on your phone. That's the first step. Brainstorm all the good ideas. Once you have a huge you know, notebook full or an app that, or a notebook, note on your phone that's just a mile long and you're ready to start reeling it in, that's the next step. With maple syrup, you start looking in the bowl and you say, okay, overnight this froze, throw that ice out. Uh, now you're throwing out things. You're saying, well, I would love to build a four acre pond, but since I only live in an apartment, I can't do that. That's where you start throwing away ideas and saying, no, I can't do this. I probably can't do that. After you've thought of all the ideas, now you can start removing them. And that will take you from about 100 ideas to maybe 10 that you really could actually do. And the final part of this process is, just like maple syrup, when you light the fire, turn up the heat, you boil out, this is where you actually start to say, what can we afford to do? And when I say what can we afford to do, I don't mean just with money. Because as any of you know who have started even the littlest bit homesteading, any homesteading endeavor costs more than just money. In addition to your money, there's your time, there's your energy, and there's the actual space you have to use right there on your homestead. So if you have 10 acres or one acre or a quarter acre, you can only do so many things. So now start to think of your ideas and say, uh, you know what? I would like to pasture a cow and I would like to pasture chickens and I would like to put a pond in, but I can't have a cow and a pond. And this year I still have a full-time job. I probably shouldn't have a cow. So maybe I'll do chickens this year. 
And now that I know what I'm going to do, I can say to do chickens, I need a chicken coop or I need a chicken tractor. I'm going to go get John Siskovich's book and build me a chicken tractor. Whatever you finally decide you actually can afford to do, now you can start putting that into actionable steps. You can say, well, before I order chickens, I have to figure out which ones I want. So learn about chickens, select breeds, order chickens. On this side, infrastructure, we need to build coop, build run, research about feed, order feed. Now you have a good list over the next month or two. If you take that process, all these big dreams, start to narrow them down, and then boil it down to what you actually can do, now you're looking at what this next year you will be actively working on every month until it's complete and then you can go back to the beginning and start brainstorming big dreams again so that's the process that Kay and I go through every year it's a little informal I was trying to make it real structured here so you could see our steps ours is pretty informal every December January we start talking about a million ideas and then we start saying well we probably can't do all of them and before you know it, we've selected a few and those few that we have selected are what we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, we're going to see, are we ready for our special guest here? Is our special guest ready? What do we think? I got a thumbs up. This is the first time this special guest has been in the uh, new studio here. All right, let's go live with our guest. Say hi, everybody. Are you surprised? <laughs> yeah, right? I hope there wasn't too much up there. <laughs> All right, you're going to want to swing that microphone in front of you there, babe. I can pull it away from you. How's that? Is that like super professional? <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, we'll keep you here as long as you can be here. What do you think of the new studio? Oh, it's nice like this. Yeah? Yeah. The baby is just fascinated. He's like, this is awesome. I need some more light on you guys so we can see you guys. Hold on one second here. That'll be better. A little more light. Okay. So before we dive into our plans for the year, I just wanted to see the chat box here. Uh, if anybody has a question, I want you to put it in all caps, tag at, at sign homesteady. Uh, there's some way to make it highlighted so I see it, which I don't actually know what that is. <laughs> so um, if you can figure out, have fun with that. All right, babe. So I was going to talk about show plans first because I wasn't expecting you to be here, but forget that. We'll talk about show plans later. Let's talk about um let's see what's the most fun thing to talk about first animals yes. or infrastructure there we go now your microphone's on okay all right everybody we got some people saying hello to you babe oh hello that's very loud we're gonna lower that microphone how's that how's it sound now oh that's good a little lower mm. try that well, that, you'll, that yeah, you'll hear him. You want to grab that, huh? Yeah, he does. So, Kay and the baby are going to join us for a little bit to talk about animals. And <laughs> Should we dive right into what we're thinking? So, just a warning here. This We're still in the brainstorm slash second phase where we're pulling ideas away. So, we've already brainstormed a lot of big things. And now we're starting to say, what should we actually do? And the reason we want to share this stage here on the channel is because we want you to chime in below in the comments, whether it's the live chat or later on, and tell us what do you actually want to see? Because we might be like, mm, we could do this or we could do this. And if a lot of the audience says, no, we want to see this, let us know. And that'll help us choose. So talk about animals, babe. What are we thinking? What's the first one? Where do you want to start? Well, it won't come as a surprise. Austin is going to get pigs this year. Ooh, you said like is going to get yes, pigs. Yes, because you didn't get them last year. I need that baby. He's I know. <laughs> bring him over here. He can't grab him. And all I heard was that he was a slave to everything on this farm but pigs. Because pigs are his favorite thing. Bring him. See if he'll come to me because there's nothing to grab on my lap. He can play with the clapper or something. It's true, especially during our, our peak of goat season. Hey there, That's little guy. Look at you. Ooh, look at you. There's so much to see. Say hi to everybody. You want to see this? That's better. Oh, good. People figured out how to tag us. So Brian's question is already answered there. What about pigs? So when we were in the peak of goat season, 
every day I was every day I was coming inside going like in the early part of the year I was saying oh well maybe I'll order pigs in a week or two we can't do it right now and about you know mid June I was like no I can't do pigs and then the rest of the summer I kept saying like I wish I was doing pigs instead of goats right now because pigs are like they've always been my favorite animal to do on the homestead so this year we already have the spot picked out we have the feeder we have the waterer made right we got the water that would water pigs yeah it was you know you could get for cows or for horses for cows and horses or for pigs and everything else so we got the waterer for pigs that automatic waterer is going to be awesome for pigs i'm really looking forward to seeing how that thing works so pigs will be coming to the farm uh how much pork do we have left in the freezer mostly just the bottom probably quarter of the freezer the chest freezer so we're getting low we've been out of bacon for years <laughs> we are out of our like the shoulder roasts shoulder roasts we make a lot of those so we have the cuts i'm not so good at making left to finish so it's time yeah it's time for some bacon. we either have to buy pork or no, raise it and we're it not be, gonna buy it it's like against every grain of my being to buy pork when I can just get them out there. And it's been a few years, so. So pigs it is. What's the next animal we're thinking of? Somebody said, oh, what are the best egg-producing chickens? Good question. Next animal we're thinking of would be a first for us. The first one, that one. The first mm, ever for us, yeah, which a lot of people have said before. No, let's do the one we've okay, done before. So before we'll we get it. to that, we'll save the, the we'll, biggest news. We are going to get some lambs this year, some feeder lambs. Now, we've had lambs in the past. We had a very short sprint with lambs. Lamb. We had a, we had a <laughs> ewe that gave birth to one single lamb. That was at... Uh, a bad year for us the year where we were quitting homesteading so we had goats and sheep have issues and we we ended up sending the ewe and her little lamb back to my aunt's where they had come from that was our foray into uh sheep <laughs> yeah we didn't get to actually eat any lamb there's a very we are going to talk about this in an upcoming video a little bit more uh, but one of the big reasons that we got into the idea of bringing lambs on this year wasn't in our original plans. They're actually going to be here a lot sooner than we usually even bring animals on the homestead. Uh, it had to do with this guy. So He's having issues with some digesting. Even though he's exclusively breastfed, we're on a strict diet right now trying to figure out what's going on with his belly. Lamb is a very uh, good meat for people to have who are having issues with allergies. So we're eating a lot more lamb than we have ever eaten before, which isn't a problem. I love lamb. Fortunately for us, about 40 minutes away from here, there's a, a beautiful, they've been raising lambs on grass for the past 30 years, nice farmers that we actually got some lamb from. But since we have grass here, we have everything set up. We decided that this would be the year that we get some feeder lambs to finish for ourselves. We, Kay has been on a all, it, at first it was just venison because we didn't have any lamb. And uh, when we were first looking into the dietary restrictions and the things that would help uh, that, you know, we talked about with uh, our different doctors. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Venison popped up as a good one to start with. So we had plenty of venison and uh, there's more videos coming to show how we got a little bit more. But if you eat just venison, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner all day long, every day, it gets pretty old. Yeah, I'm really tired of venison now. <laughs> uh, and Austin was kind of having this panic attack because we're deer season's done here. Uh, we would not have enough venison to last me the rest of the year. 
he was like, what are we going to do? You don't have enough venison. Um, it turns out kind of the procedures we're going through now to figure out what he's having issues with. Venison's not a great meat for me to be eating, which is okay. <laughs> I'm really happy. I don't have to eat more venison for a while. But lamb's on the list. Lamb, what else is on there? Chicken without the skin. That's oh, what we, you can eat. Yeah, yeah. What, what I can eat. Lamb, yeah. chicken. Um, oh, man, we're spiking with you. Yeah, we'll, we'll be able to do a series on lamb. It's nice we have the dry lot right now, so if we have some wet wet weather like we've been having the past couple springs we'll be able to keep them on the gravel and just feed them hay so hopefully there's no issues with worms like we had this past spring and summer with the goats now it's important to let everybody know we are not going to be we're not planning on breeding sheep we're not planning on having a large flock of sheep we this is a really approachable project for a lot of you who are just at the beginning phase because we always suggest when you're first getting into something, and honestly, probably for a long time, not planning on breeding. That's where things get really difficult, really challenging. And uh, you going back to Mama? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to uh, actually just be getting feeder lambs. That means you go find somebody who's got a couple lambs that are weaned. We're not really picky on the breed. We're not really picky on the kind. We are just looking to get something uh, that looks healthy, that looks like it came from a good source, that we can take from, you know, two months old to six months old, uh, and then have processed. And, and when I say have processed, I will be processing the, the sheep. So you'll get to see start to finish every step of the way of getting into something like a feeder animal. The beauty of that for a beginner homesteader, someone who's just getting off the ground, is if you don't like that animal, you don't have these expensive breeding stock that you then are trying to figure out what to do with. Uh, if you don't like it, they're all in your freezer and you don't ever have to do it again. If you do like it, you do it again. You go find somebody selling weaned lambs again in the springtime. You raise them through the spring, summer, early fall. You process them, you put them in your freezer, and everything is great. So we're big big fans of doing feeder animals. These lambs that we'll be raising are going to be fed here till the fall, and then each and every one of them will be put into the freezer. And if we don't enjoy having lambs, uh, we won't do them next year. And if we do, we will. But we're not going to be breeding over the winter. You're not going to see us having lambs and rams and breed or sheep and rams and breeding and all that extra stuff. So really good kind of beginner level experience on lambs, which is where we are at with sheep. We are very beginner level. We've like Kay said, we had a we had one we had lamb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where somebody asked, did you answer what breed? They're... Uh the ones that we're currently looking at Katadins, right? Yeah, we haven't bought any yet, uh, but we are looking at uh right now a uh group of Katadins. So we'll see. Not not what my I have no preference. Again, it's not we're not breeding something here. It's just what can we find locally that we can find a couple weaned ones and raise them up and then put them in the freezer. And this seemed like a good situation. So we'll see. There might be a couple Katahdins roaming around the homestead pretty soon. Smith Family Ranch said, rough diet being on all venison. Yeah. And Austin got defensive when I told him I couldn't have it anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, on this diet... Uh, venison isn't the, the right meat to start with. He goes, what's wrong with our venison? I was like, it's okay, babe. <laughs> it's okay. I don't want any more venison right now. I'll be okay without it for a while. There's nothing wrong with my venison. Yeah, he was so worried about running out, and then he was all offended that I wouldn't eat it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we only got, I well, I only got one deer this year, but somebody, spoiler alert, somebody else in the family got a deer this year, so stay tuned for that video. Alfredo asked sheep and like pigs as far as time from purchase to processing four to six months. Yeah, it's about hey, that. Hey, Alfredo. <laughs> uh, are sheep like pigs? Yeah. So what did they, this particular. They were saying six are months. Are slower. Yeah. They, would they say six months for this, yeah, about this kind? Yeah, six months. So you can get, again, different breeds, different lines. Um, um, Kay's aunts used to have a fantastic pile of sheep over the hill. It would have been just 
literally last year they got out of sheep and here we are like all we can eat is lamb not okay. not out completely leased out their flock so they're not local anymore so this the farm we're looking at is a little more local to us which is always good to consider the uh making sure they're adapted to the area and everything so donnie asked if we had tried goat's milk for the baby and uh the particular issues that we were dealing with um goat's milk doesn't help yeah goat's milk wouldn't have helped yeah it's a it's allergic to the animal milk so even you could look at goat's milk sheep it wouldn't have have changed it at all as far as we know it's one of those things that doctors kind of have no idea what's going on with these little babies and they just expect them to grow out of it eventually which is what usually happens is what we're hopefully uh, looking forward to in the future that he'll grow out of it soon um the next animal that we have on the somebody said the mangalitsa pork Ooh. i've always those pigs they're super cute oh we did kind of well the baby was here he's a little he was playing those we didn't talk pigs. about the breed of pig that we're going to be getting there there's lots of different pig breeds um and we haven't actually found our exact source yet so th this will not be confirmed i have in the past always raised yorkshire land race cross pigs uh those were just a good the tom dexter the individual who i used to get my pigs from uh, he crossed those he also would cross a few other into this line so it was a cross pig that he had been breeding for years for sp very specific purposes uh, he wanted to make sure that they had they were long that they had good hams uh, right you know overall look uh, so tom spent a lot of time on those animals and uh, he was a great source back in connecticut now around here i have found a few sources for land race yorkshire crosses um, we've also been talking a little bit about other breeds just to try out some different things so that one's going to be a stay tuned it's kind of a different year for us when we started into pigs back at squash hollow it was much more commercially minded so we were we were in the mindset of farmers like what's going to grow the fastest on and most efficiently on the feed we had this is the year of meat for us but in a different way we're looking at it more as a small homesteading family small family yeah a large family who's <laughs> homesteading <laughs> but we're looking at the inputs so we're going to be feeding everything differently managing everything a little differently than we have before it's it's an exciting year for us because we're going to be learning and kind of changing directions in the way that we have raised pigs before right Asti, you're excited about that yeah um <laughs> I was looking at some of the things people are saying about breeds and things. Somebody was shouting out, Cooney Cooney. Yeah, they're and really cute too. Those Cooney Coonies, I stumbled across a, a pile of them down in uh, you were When you Ohio. were picking up that buck. Yeah, Yeah, we were down in Ohio. and uh, I love how you said stumbled across a pile of them. Well, that's what it was like because they're like this big. And I was like, oh, look, there are some bunch of pigs. And they are not the pigs I would choose for what we are doing. We're going to get a pig that is big and I can cut pork chops but when I saw them, I, I grilled the guy about him. He was just this, you know, guy we were talking. We were there to pick up a goat, and I was grilling him about these things. Because I've heard so many things about these Cooney Coonies, and I don't believe any of it. And uh, he he loved these little pigs, and they were like this big, and they were very cute. Uh, maybe someday I'll get a couple Cooney Coonies just for a whole nother thing. And that's what Kay's talking about. We are getting into the whole. Let's try. We have this channel. We have this audience. One of the th services we can bring to this channel and to you, the audience, is trying things. We've done the Yorkshire Land Race. I know they're incredible. I would highly suggest that's where you start. But maybe if you're thinking about Cooney Coonies and we can do that for a season, it'll help you make some decisions in the future. Even if it turns out for us, oh, that's the wrong breed. Uh, I got this kind of sheep and that's not a great breed. More, you know, more learning for all of us. Um, we're not afraid to do ex some experimenting, try different things. And that's kind of how we're approaching this next year on the whole So are you going to send out a poll to everybody to see if they want Cooney Coonies or Mangalitsas? Oh, man. <laughs> Comments below. Let us know. We'll count up. The, we'll tally the votes. I should send out a poll. I just couldn't find in time today. I was going to have like a poll already, but then we redid the whole studio. What do you guys think of the new set? We got Kay and the, we can bring her on the show pretty much any time now. We got this second set. So. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody okay. also asked more details about the milker. Uh, which one? 
because that would be a good video coming up talking yeah. about the, the two different milkers which we've preferred using so far what what we've thought of both of them because we do have the the two of them the bucket milker and the surge belly milker so let me know which one um the the next animal this is a really big one and we're really for years we have been asked will you do this will you do this and we've nah, 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 nah. And because of this unique diet that Kay is now on, uh, this is one of the animals that gets like big thumbs up. And so we're like, you know what? It's hard to say no. Let's do it. Are you blaming this on me now? <laughs> is it because of what I'm eating? Well, no, it's what we're both eating. It's what the baby needs. It's rabbit. Yes. It's bunnies. Yeah. Yeah, this is another uh, meat on that list of best meats to start out on so it's what are we lamb chicken no skin and rabbit we're gonna raise some rabbits this year we have been asked about rabbits i mean how long have we been asked about rabbits because they do seem to be a very efficient really nice animal to have on the homestead like they produce a lot quickly they're quiet you can keep them in a small area your neighbors never have to know, right? You got rabbits in the garage. They would hear the chickens, but the rabbits are safe. That's one of the cool things about rabbits. Yeah, they're is, quiet. And you can actually raise them indoors. In the wintertime, they should be in some kind of indoor setup. So we are looking to rabbits as a, uh, a combination of... Okay, can... With this diet that we're on now, uh, rabbit is a thumbs up. We can have it. We can buy rabbits locally pretty inexpensively. So that was one of the reasons we were like, you know what? There are people raising them locally that I, I d highly doubt, especially our startup year, will be able to do much cheaper than that. So our motivation for doing rabbits wasn't necessarily like, oh, we'll save a bunch of money. Now, going and buying rabbit at the supermarket is a whole other story. Rabbit at the supermarket, you can pay... We were looking last week, $30 for one dead bunny. Uh, these ones that we were buying from somebody locally were about half that price. Will we be able to do it cheaper? Probably not. Hey, he's back. But that's not really why we're doing it. We're doing it because we think it would be a good... Oh, no, you don't want to be with Daddy. You. Uh, one of the reasons that we want to do it is because we think it would be a really good project to work with some of our younger kids. We're wanting to get our second daughter the more involved. She's been out in the barn her whole life. She was there in the um, uh, baby carrier when our first goats were being born on the homestead back in Connecticut. Uh, but she hasn't had an animal to kind of care for on her own. So we're hoping to get her out in there. What do you think? I think she'll do pretty good. Yeah. And we were very specific because, did you say what happened about the goats? Oh, no, that's a good thing. So about. with the goats, we said to our daughter, these are your animals, which meant when she was attached, yeah, she got attached to those babies and she said, well, they're mine. You said they were mine. We can't butcher them. So we didn't butcher any goats. The rabbits were being much more specific. They're, yeah. the, they're as a family, they're our animals. The kids will help us with them. And we already told them the mommy and the daddy rabbit we can name them you can you can grow attached to them but the babies what do we say i said the babies will be wild so my little boy said the wild ones we can eat he says but we won't eat the mommy and daddy they won't be wild i said no they'll be okay so we're already making sure they understand that we we do have to eat some of these bunnies our kids have been around animals being raised for meat their yeah. whole life i've been a hunter they're okay with that idea mm -hmm. But we know ourselves some animals you get attached to, and that's that was the situation with the goats. Is we all were getting real attached to them, so we're going into this one like we always do with the pigs. Like this yeah. is bacon. Don't name them. Yeah, this is sausage, <laughs> yes, and uh, that's what they're here for. We did. We did. Uh, they sent us pictures of the the bunnies. I'll start calling them rabbits because when you call them rabbits, they're like for meat. Bunnies are like to to love <laughs> so the rabbits and she sent us pictures of like the six or seven babies i was like oh no <laughs> i know <laughs> that's <You're> hard like, mm. <laughs> this is a concern of mine because we we raised ducks meat ducks two or three different years back in connecticut and you remember how i was at on duck butcher in, day yeah it's the worst mood ever because he 
like the ducks were so trusting and, uh, and they were cute and, and they would like come up to you and then he had to slaughter the ducks i could butcher and... a thousand chickens in one day it just doesn't bother me like poor it does i know boss. it's the just the way chickens. it is it didn't bother getting booed <laughs> from the chicken the chicken boy my oldest there. son he runs the sound booth and he's our chicken man and he's back there let's see can booing. we get it uh, i don't want to move something it'll mess it all up but yeah he's booing us i can butcher chickens those ducks just seem so nice and friendly and i'm worried about butchering rabbits they're very cute and cuddly fuzzy yeah we did watch videos though and it seems very quick I think faster than with the chickens. <laughs> faster than the chickens, because just, right? Yeah. Pull that neck out. And, and, and there's dead. less plucking. So one of the yeah. nice things about butchering rabbits, if you can get past the cuteness, and that's what everybody says, you just got to get past the cuteness. If you can get past the cuteness, uh, there's no plucking to do. You skin them. So that will be a lot easier of a butcher day. So that's a plus. We're Those are the three big ones this year. We're Pigs are coming back. Pigs are nothing new for us. Maybe a different breed, but nothing new. Sheep are very new. We had about a day's worth of experience. Uh, now we're actually going to spend more time, <clears throat> excuse me, um, working with sheep. And then, uh, yeah, rabbits. And so the nice thing I think about this is there's really a spectrum here. For those of you who like watching the show and following along in the videos, uh, rabbits are very beginner, small, you know, if you have a quarter acre homestead. You so can... I feel, from what I read, what it seems like is, I thought a good description is they're, they're above chickens as far as difficulty goes on the homesteading or raising animal scale. So if you got your egg-laying chickens, maybe you did your, your meat chickens and you're ready to try something different from meat, rabbits would be a nice step up from that. So that's what we're stepping up to this year. I was very... Um, and what breed? They're called Americans. What, what we're looking at, um, and some mixes of the meat breeds. Uh, we have a lot of. I got to just thank all the hype men in the comments who are like, "Give them more thumbs up." I love you guys. Thank you for all that. And share the link to live stream. We still got a little while to go here, so if you want to share it somewhere. Brian said sheep are the same as fuzzy goats, and my mm -hmm. daughter refuses to be involved with the sheep because yeah. what she said was, she goes. I want to give them names. Yep. So he said, okay. We're going to keep Rabbit her, duty. <laughs> she's going to be in a different, yeah, different world. And and that's something that we've just learned. Okay, you know what? If she's got that love in nature, we don't want to beat it out of her. No. You're, you're going to kill all your animals and no. eat them all. I, I, my grandfather, he grew up on a, on a dairy farm. And he left the farm. And one of the biggest reasons was he hated the animals getting attached to him and then finding them hanging in the barn. So I don't want to ruin that love of farming in our kids. All right, potty break. So that is Somebody the. Ask if more goats in future. Are there more goats in our future? No. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the animal update. So, like we said, we're still in the kind of phase two of like picking ideas out and saying no, this isn't very good, and ah, I don't think we can do that. I myself was not loving the idea of doing three animals, new animals to the homestead this year. I really like to keep it to just one new one every year. The reason I'm going to flex on this one, we're not buying anything big that's going to need to be rebred. The only thing that we're going to be breeding here will be the rabbits. If we want to, you know, liquidate our breeder rabbits and just get out of it by next year, if we say, you know what, rabbits, we did it, it's not for us, we'll just have one extra rabbit stew to worry about. It's not like having a very expensive, you know, prized dairy goat that you've spent a lot on and time on and it's a quality animal. That you don't really want to just butcher because you're done with it. Uh, so here we have pigs and sheep all going into the freezer rabbits most of them will be going into the freezer and at the end of the year then we can say you know what did we like all these animals or not if we didn't we don't have to have them back next year so that was the reason i was able to flex a little bit on my you know one new animal per year kind of rule did you did you read what mt said about the rabbits getting over the cute factor oh no good advice this is what we had when i was a kid here we had rescued a couple rabbits and they were just awful terrible little things like scratchy couldn't touch them couldn't hold them 
So that's what I was kind of thinking. Move my microphone. Just a little closer so we can hear you. So that's what I was kind of thinking, like, when I was explaining to the kids, like, the adults will handle the babies. I'm sure they reproduce so fast. They also said um, people fail with rabbits because they don't cull or breed them hard enough. So culling with your rabbits. Did you mention the breed? Yeah, American. Yeah, because Austin. D. Bale said, I love the American rabbit. It's oh, a good. heritage breed. Not That's, a, that is what they said. The, the breeder said it's a rare breed. So, again, not a fast grower, um, not your biggest, fattest, meatiest rabbit out there. We have no problem with the commercial breeds. That's the kind of pig I raise all the time. Uh, just what we were able to find locally, and uh, the person spoke very favorable of them. I mean, obviously, it's the rabbit they have and the rabbit they're selling. But we're in a little experimental year. We're trying some new things. If we decide we really like rabbits, but we want a more meaty rabbit, we'll get some New Zealands, or we'll get some, you know, uh, what are the big, big fuzzy ones? Look like a hat sitting on the shelf at the fair. <laughs> Somebody forgot their hat and scarf. Oh no, it's a rabbit. No, never mind. Oh, it's a prize-winning rabbit. Look at that. It'll make a nice hat when it's actually a hat. Poor rabbits. <laughs> Poor bunnies. <laughs> What other animals? Um, I mean, that's pretty much it for animals. We do have yeah, plans you need for any these more? animals. No, we have plans for these animals though. Which ones? Uh, we're selling all the cows. We're getting out of cows. I mean, that's what I say every winter. <laughs> the kids are sick, and I'm sick, and the baby's sick. Yeah, every winter I want to sell everything, but then my husband helps me, and it's okay now. I, I, uh, I'm really enjoying, I'm working a lot with the cows with this. We, again, we're going to talk about this on an upcoming video, so it won't take too much time, but with dealing with this new, uh, allergies issues with the baby, I meant Kay was inside a lot more doing like three times as much meal prep as it was originally needed. Uh, so I've been out doing the cows myself every day and, uh, I'm like, they like all know me now. The calves are still very skittish. Yeah. They are with me though, too. They're calves. Yeah. But we're, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, he he uh, he gives me the report when he comes in. I say, how are the cows? Oh, they're good. He likes those cows. From being the not going to be the dairy guy, he's turning into uh, quite, I said, you're the cowboy now. <laughs> Still not the dairy guy. I could be a cowboy all day and get me some some meat cows. Yeah. Right. But I like those girls. They're great. Projects. Should we talk about our projects? Go ahead. This is your baby. Well, you're here. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I we, keep talking him down from some of these projects. Like, no, maybe maybe next. No, not maybe next. That's year. where we are good. You're the animal getter, and I'm the, the project getter. So we we'll talk like, each other I off want the cliff. All these animals, and I'm like, I want to build and do all these projects. And, and then I'm like, you shouldn't get that many animals. And you're like, you shouldn't do that many projects. So we meet in a happy middle place. I'm a little worried about this year. We're very. Gonna uh, eat a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Gonna fill our freezers. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot. Uh, I have been, and this is very much in the brainstorm phase. There's a few big ones that probably won't be done. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Last week, we interviewed Greg Judy, and Greg Judy talked about if you're getting animals out onto your fields and in different areas of your property, how important it is to have water wherever they are, and the best way to do it is to have a pond. Build yourself a pond. Put a pipe in the dam coming out and then trench, you know, that little poly line through your whole farm, wherever you're going to have your animals, and then you'll have water everywhere you need it. I do not need many excuses to build a pond. I would love to be documenting a pond building project. We have access to the equipment. We have some in-the-family know-how. My parents who do the excavation work, which you saw in the last big projects, one of the things they work with a lot is water pieces and ponds. And uh, I love ponds and fishing out of ponds and doing ponds. So, Do you find it ironic that you spent like three weeks with your parents this year getting rid of the water and now you want to 
bring it back. Catch it and bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a pipe out the back of where we got rid of all the water and Just run it up. Just it up there. We could create one of those pumps, ram pumps, from all the water coming out. That that project did really good. It's been really nice. I'm not sold on the pond idea yet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to get, we were talking, what is N NRCS? Yeah, yeah. NCRS? Um, NRCS, NRCS, National Resources. Yeah. yeah, getting them in to help with the design and, and get the, uh, you know, get some, some people who know and maybe have done it before on here and figure out how would be the best way to go about this. So that's on the docket. We're going to get somebody out from our uh, local extension office, kind of talk about our goals. And that's a free service. There's NRCS offices. So any of you who have some property that you're not sure what you want to do with, you know you want to do something with animals, free service to get them out here. And of all government organizations, there's a lot I do not want on my property. I will put up no trespassing signs to keep them off. I've heard nothing but good things about those ones. So Yeah, Patricia said, do your kids swim well? That's my thing with the kids this little. Yeah. If we were to put in a pond, it would be... It would be miles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big, long farm, and where we're thinking about doing it, you'd have to drive to it. So that That's for, I think, in the next few years. That'll be a project for the Unless future. Unless I get everything else done. Which will get everything happen. done so fast. So that's one of those... Mm, another one... Uh, you're more excited about hmm. fencing. Yes. We don't have any permanent fencing up for the cows right now, except in the paddocks. That was already here when we moved here. But we've been here on the property. It'll be, wow, two years in May? Yeah. Two years in May. Just kind of been living here, seeing what, how the grass is growing, where it's growing, what the water's doing, trying to figure out where we want our pasture to be. So I think this year is a year to put in, so Austin tells me, semi-permanent fencing, which is a step in the right direction. Yeah, we've done very, like, completely movables, just stepping posts and twine in the past. Um, no fencing. <laughs> we kind of burned we all burned out from fencing this yeah, year i think did. between the the goats and the cows and moving everybody daily yeah we at the end of this fall we, that's it we us and i are never fencing together again it's one of those things you know every marriage has its thing with that you can't do together and fencing is our thing we can't do it together we <laughs> <laughs> fight so much and he said he said i will never fence again and then he was like, well, I meant temporary fencing. I will permanent fence. I'm going to build a perfect permanent fence. And uh, then I don't have to do the daily fencing anymore. Because that's where we got The hard thing yeah. is figuring out what the perfect permanent fence is. So uh, we, in our interview last week, we got some ideas from Greg Judy about design of fencing and what to use. So some high tensile stuff that can be moved, but it's not something you move all the time. Uh, for perimeters and even certain setups on our interior fields. So we're going to look more into that. We're going to have, basically what I want is to set up a big uh, perimeter fence for everything that we have. And then we can go out there quickly and easily with the step and post and twine. Just put a strip out there, put another strip out there, and uh, move things around much quicker than what we were doing last year with the goats. So to speed things up. Um, again, one of the things... We have this field out there. We actually talked about it because this winter has been really easy. Uh, feeding the cows, the hay that we got right on our dry lot, uh, that's been it's been wonderful. We were saying, you know, do we even bother putting them up in the field next year? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because we like seeing our cows out in the field. It's one of the things we enjoy, seeing animals out, as long as it's easy, as long as it's simple and it's not, you know, wasting our life away. <laughs> that's it. It has It has to make sense. We have the grass. And I threatened him. I said, I'm just going to make a big rectangle up there and just let them eat whatever they want. And that makes him cringe because he wants it to be like managed, yeah. rotational, intensive grazing. Yeah, so. I want to move them. I want to see them on fresh stuff. And I want to see the benefits of, uh, you know, that that cycle. Having them, having them poop out there, having them walk around and then moving them on. I want to see that at work. But I want it to be simple and easy. So we're going to come up with the right system Somebody asked how many kids we have. We have five kids, um, 
the oldest is almost 10, the youngest is six months, and I think the oldest would prefer never to fence again with us too. <laughs> so we're gonna try to make this be the last year where we're putting up fencing like this. One of the reasons I really wanna get uh, animals up into the field, I am. I have been looking into no-till methods of putting in food plots for deer. There is somebody I follow on YouTube. I watch more of his videos than probably anybody other anybody other than that. Uh, Grant Woods, Growing Deer TV. I've had him on the show in the past. Amazing what he's doing. This is a guy who comes from a very, he's a biologist, very conventional background, uh, not afraid to use herbicide when needed, uh, not afraid to use glyphosate. He is using a system called the Buffalo System to plant in his fields that is totally uh totally free of any chemicals or any fertilizers and the reason he's doing it is not because he's afraid of them not because he doesn't want to use them on his land it's because this buffalo system that he uses to plant his food plots but it could be used for any kind of seed you want to put in the ground uh, requires no fertilizer and no chemicals it's mimicking what the buffalo used to do on the fields this biologist, Grant Woods, has shown three or four years in a row now using this system. He's growing more topsoil. His soybean crop has exploded every year because of it. Uh, the only th problem is the, the equipment he uses to do it is very expensive. So I want to mimic it with some livestock. So we're hoping to get some pigs and some cows into one area, kind of concentrate those hooves to plant some stuff that the deer like that hopefully in a few places I can put it strategically so I can hunt over it next fall. So that's another project you might see uh, in the upcoming spring summer. We always talk about how we moved here. It's my family's farm. It was my great grandfather's farm. We have lots of family members who live here. And we were asked to move here to kind of take on the, uh, a management role on the farm. So bring some animals back. My aunt had animals on, on that side. We're bringing animals to the other side, using them to manage the property a little more. That's what the pond we're looking at, some food plots, fencing, getting the cows, pigs, sheep everywhere. It's it's cool because it's what my great-grandfather was doing you know, all those years ago. So they're coming back to the farm. Yeah, we'd like to see them on more of it, try to, try to really use more of the property. Somebody was asking, how many acres do we have here? And we're managing the family farm here is about 100 acres. So it's not all fields. Uh, a lot of that's woods and just where the, the you know buildings and different farm buildings are. And ours are not the only part of the farm. There's a lot of other farm buildings kind of on the other parts of the property. Right. And but, we'll be planting things that are native to, the, to this area. That's what will grow the best. When people ask, a couple people ask in the chat box about what what to plant in shade areas for their cows or sunny areas, go to your local extension agent and ask them for your area because they'll know better than anybody else. And anyone online can tell you what to plant for your area and what's working for the farms or homesteads in your area. One more project I got on my list here that I'd like to do, I'm not sure when we're gonna fit it in, the butcher shop. Mm, yeah, that's your baby. That's... I don't know when you'll do that either. I don't know when you're gonna fit that in. It's funny because you need it with all the butchering we're going to be doing this year, but I don't know when you're going to do it. Yeah. I would like and nothing too fancy, not actually a shop where we're selling stuff out of. Uh, just a space with, uh, you know, an electric hoist to lift the animal up and down, a good counter space to actually do the cutting on. Something pretty simple, you know, be nice to be able to process I like doing the butchering. I do my own deer every year. Be Isn't nice. Isn't that what the tractor's for with the forks? You just, That's what I did this year. That's a hoist. It works. That's all you need. Just got to keep Throw the door open for that. Are you sure you're going to do that much butchering? Because anything can happen. All of a sudden, you put a rabbit on, and then rabbits are terrible things to start with. All right. <laughs> got to lock that door. <laughs> That's our oldest. Yeah. He runs a sound booth. I, t I keep promising him I'll get a video camera in there so he can He can ad-lib ad when he wants. Yeah, he runs a switchboard, so it might be a little heavy on uh, on hat side. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the big projects we're thinking about. You might not see all of those this year. Comment below. What would you like to see? What would you like to see us getting into? As far as our garden this year, I don't know if you saw we did the three raised beds. That's probably the extent that we'll be gardening 
I would, I'm probably going to dedicate a plot near the house to like the squashes and things that want to spread out a little more, the cucumber, the squash, but we'll keep the three raised beds. We were joking about it. We do much better raising meat. <laughs> the gardens can sometimes get a little out of control for us, but the, the meat we're good at. And the uh, raised beds. We did go with the, the raised, raised beds. beds. Are nice. So we'll be repeating the raised beds again. The kids had a lot of fun. They got those. out of control, though, this year because we had the baby. And they we planted them the day before the baby was born. <laughs> so as you can imagine, they were a little bit neglected this year. We're getting some good questions about uh, our videos this year, what we're planning on doing. Cindy wanted to know, will you be posting more videos this year? Should we talk about a little bit what we got planned for the show? Are you mm -hmm. sticking around for that? or? Yes. Maybe, as long as I can. I wanted to say, yes, our cows are A2A2, somebody asked. And we've been breeding four A2A2 cows. Ladybug is, and she was bred to A2A2, so we've got all A2A2 cows right now. Breeding-wise, this is another thing we didn't talk about. We've, all the cows have been bred so far, so far for a fall calving, because that's what Ladybug was when she came to us, and then... It just ended up that her and Luna calved in the fall this time, and Austin has finally convinced me to breed for spring calves now. That means you'll be seeing us start the breeding process more like mid-spring, early summer this year. Can Something you, uh, oh, it's back. We're good. Okay. Should be back. We know, we know. It should be back. Uh... Kay was getting geared up to start breeding again. Yeah, I have all the stuff ready. I got my semen to do. I told my AI guy I'm sending semen to your house, which is how you talk to your AI guy, and it's not weird. <laughs> but I, I said, you know what? We enjoy the best time of year to go out and do the milking is spring. And if we keep on the cycle we're on, we're always going to be milking in the winter. So I just said, let's just wait a couple months. Yeah, you got to bite the bullet to switch them. It's a big deal. Yeah, but... Then all the fresh grasses come in, and we'll have, the milk will be beautiful, cream will be great. So we just have to bite the bullet this year and breed for the spring. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm glad about that. I think it's going to be a lot more pleasant to be out there doing the milking. We were having the, the milking machine in the cold was just having like... Doesn't like, doesn't doesn't like the start. cold. Doesn't want to start, you got to preheat it, and it's like... You know what? Springtime, you want to be out there. You're going out. It's warmer. It's sunnier. It's just a nicer time to do the milking. So. Then you'll see us milking in the, the heat in the summer in the bud. All the you'll flies. Be like, ah. I wish we did a min winter milking. Some people are probably <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, so spring and summer is nice. Fall's nice. It, yeah, it'll be a different experience. We've never done it before. Nice to have calves in a warmer time of year, too. The calves do great in the cold, though. We've, we haven't had an issue with them. Should we talk show? Okay. Close us up this with our, is your baby. our plans for the show. You may have noticed we have been changing our schedule over the last couple months, trying to figure out what's going to work good for our life, for the farm here, for the channel, everything. So here's what you can expect from Homesteady in the upcoming, you know, the upcoming year, probably the entire years. Uh, we really like making good quality videos. We have found that if we do like a daily vlog or a five five videos a week vlog I'll just wait we found that if we do five videos a week the quality goes down you're basically just watching us like walk and ramble and say like okay this is what I'm doing at this moment this is what I'm doing at this moment we would much prefer to have a little bit more value in the videos as to you know letting us gather our thoughts do some good work film it and then talk about it uh, kind of that big project that we're releasing now a lot of you are really enjoying those videos it's because we had the time to actually do good things on the homestead and then share that as opposed to just making a video rambling every day. So we're going to do less videos, but they're going to be better. So we're doing three videos a week. Two of those videos are our vlogs, what's happening here on the homestead. And then the third is our weekly interview. The homestead eat live from the barn show that we do with the pioneers every Monday night. This is when we do that show. Uh, once a month, we're going to do a public live stream like we're doing now, and I'll tell you a little bit about what I have planned for that in a second. Really fun. Uh, but the Pioneer Show, we're doing really good interviews. We've had some really great interviews this year. We just had Greg Judy. Um, we had uh, Cody Creelman not too long ago. Uh, we're some of the big names from YouTube that you might have seen. Uh, we also find people who maybe aren't here on YouTube uh, but know a ton about their specific field. 
And we, uh, for example, Karen L, who we actually met through YouTube, through the comments section, she was on talking about handling cows and working with livestock and, and cows specifically. So we've been doing that show every Monday night and you can join us live for that if you're a pioneer every week. Uh, those recordings, I then edit down and I release what you see here on YouTube. And we're also releasing that audio as a podcast. So if you're one of those people who are like, hey, I can't sit and watch a half hour long YouTube video, don't worry. Download our podcast. Just search Homesteady wherever you get podcasts or go to our website and you can find links to it. This is Homesteady.com. You can listen to that audio as you drive. Now, you are getting the public edition. If you want to hear the extended versions of those videos and those podcasts, uh, you get about a half hour here on YouTube. The extended version is an hour long. It's a little bit more in-depth. If you're a real hardcore homesteader, you're planning on doing this soon, and you really want to know all the details, then becoming a homesteady pioneer is worth it for you. It's 5 bucks a month right now to do that. And you can go to thisishomesteady.com and uh, click on Shop and then Pioneers to become one. Uh, it gets you access to the full-length versions of all that. And you can join us live for the interviews and ask questions of our guests. Uh, so that's how we're going to be releasing content. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll have the live show. We'll have the two vlogs and then the edited version of the live show here on YouTube. Once a month, we're going to do a public live stream like this. And uh, when we celebrated our 100,000 subs, we did a live show that included your, your videos. We had a lot of videos from the audience playing. And it was so much fun to see your homesteads, what's going on on the other end of this camera. So we thought, you know what, let's do that once a month. We'll pick a topic. You can send in videos. Tell us what you've learned. Tell us what you think. And we'll share it here on the channel for everybody else to see. So what you can do, uh, the next show we're going to do is going to be about lessons you learned, hard lesson learned from 2019. Tell us what big lesson you took away from the previous year on your homestead. Share that lesson with us. Film it on your iPhone, on a nicer camera, whatever you want to film it on. Try to keep your video to about a minute to two minutes. You can walk around your homestead, show us different shots. But don't send me a 10-minute video because I will not use it. It just will be too much to work with. If I get you know, 10 people sending me 10 minutes, it would be an hour-long show. Uh, so just try to send a couple-minute-long video, two-minute-long video. Tell us the lesson you learned. Show us your homestead. And I will have a link. After we're done with the show, I'll edit the show notes. I'll have a link to a folder. It's a Google Drive folder. You'll upload the video to that folder. And then I'll go through them and I'll pick my favorites. We'll show them on the show. Hopefully we get almost all of them on the show. That's what we did last time. And I think what we'll do too, what we did last time, we'll pick one of that's the best, my favorite, and we'll send you a Homesteady t-shirt or a hat or something as the winner. So we're going to start doing that once a month, live shows featuring you. There's so much good knowledge on the other side of this lens. There's so much more to learn on the other side of this camera. And I want to get that in front of everybody else because we have a lot of experience in a couple things and a little bit of experience in a lot of things but a lot of you have way more experience in certain things than we do and we would love to get that here on the channel and give you a chance to uh, share your voice and you can go ahead and plug your Instagram or your YouTube channel if you got one whatever you want to plug at the end of your video tell us your lesson show us what you learned and at the end say by the way, check our channel out here or check us out on Instagram here and I'll add a link to the description. So we're really looking forward to hearing more from you. I always like reading your emails and your messages, but it'd be so much cooler to be able to share that with everybody. So stay tuned for that change on the channel. Then there's one more big thing that I have planned for this year and that is starting next week. And there's 120 of you <clears throat> here live uh, that are still watching. Thank you for counting, staying this long. Uh, really appreciate you being here. I'm hoping this is going to help a lot of you. I have been working on a course. We did a survey back at the website to find out what did people actually want to know from home study. And the question I got more than any other through the survey, and we had thousands of people submit a survey over a thousand people I think it's up to almost 2,000 people I've done the survey and the thing everyone said that they wanted to have answered was how do I start homesteading that's the thing people are having a hard time with how do I actually start 
So I put together a course to help you get started homesteading. It's a five, five lessons. And the very first lesson, at the end of it, you will have started homesteading. And it sounds a little bit funny, but uh, we're going to talk about how you can start that very night working towards getting your homestead started. So you'll be actively homesteading, homesteading the next day. The next lesson after start homesteading today is called Your First Homestead. Then we have Your First Livestock, Your First gardening plants and things haven't got to hash out the name for that lesson still but your first growing of things and then finally it's going to be how to continue growing your homestead so we're going to help you start and then we're going to help you keep going till you're past what you ever thought you would be past us wherever that is how i'm going to do this class the first part of this class is going to be done on the Homesteady Live at the Pioneer Show. Uh, so every Monday night for the next five weeks, we're going to record the lessons. If you're a Pioneer and you're there live, you can ask me questions about that specific lesson. But don't worry, if you're not a Pioneer, after I'm done recording it, after I'm done putting the questions in in the right place, the entire class will be free to take on our website. You'll go to our website, sign in you log in under your email it'll be totally free you can take the whole course totally free it's going to help you get started homesteading so i hope that helps a lot of people in the audience tonight it will probably you'll probably see it at the beginning of spring which would be a good time to start homesteading uh, so i hope you're excited about the big plans we have a lot of big plans for this year you think we're going to do half of them yes <laughs> yeah i know we'll do at least well three four Maybe five of them. Oh, we'll be exhausted. We'll want to quit by, I think, winter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every that, year. That, it's very cyclical for us. Yeah. So we all want to be all done. Every fall, we're like, no, we're done. We take, like, December off mentally. I think we just say, that's it. I'm done. All of December, mentally, we're done. And then in January, we're like, mm, what else should we guess this year? over. Gluttons for punishment. Yeah. Yep. And... We've been at it long enough now. We've been homesteading about a decade now and uh, long enough to know the cycle. You get tired of it and then you can't stop and you just dive right back in. Yeah, it's it just gets into your blood, I guess. You're, you're, you can't stop. It's addictive. Just that having that, especially, you know, you, you raise your first anything, whatever it is, and it's addictive. You'll, we have friends, um, you know, accountant like, who has their house now with their gardens and seeing them pull their little girl pull those vegetables out of the ground you know they're they're starting you guys are gonna have chickens next or maybe rabbits rabbits in your garage oh yeah <laughs> your little girl would love that oh man accountant mike <laughs> <laughs> they're watching right yes well hope so were they were watching hopefully they got their shout out uh uh we had a lot of thank you for joining us a lot of good friends watching yeah. and uh Kuna and jane were watching earlier oh they're probably of, still watching. lots of people have been watching for a long time yeah a lot of history so thanks for being part of this journey and uh hopefully we'll be able to get you on a few more now that we got the whole second set set up get you here a little bit more often we'll see yeah we try to do it once every month or yeah two, or three yeah we could try <laughs> I'll pop in once in a while. Well, that's it. We're going to shut the show down, everybody. Thank you for watching, and we will see you in this week's videos in the comments section. If you have questions, I'll be checking the comments section of this video once it goes live. So put them in there, and we'll get back to you.